And welcome in Sunday night here on 760 WJR. It is Gridiron Wrap along with my pal Bill Keenis. I'm Sean Belegian, Brandon Blake with us as well. Bill, you and I were just talking before the show started. I'm going to get it out of the way right now. The NFL did it again. The yeah. King showed everybody why it's the King last night. One of those games that everybody was talking about. No question, Sean. And what do we say? It's the ultimate reality show. It's unscripted. It defies logic, but it grabs you and it captivates you and you can't leave it. It's like a drug. You just got to go back and get some more. <laughs> even even when last night's game, you know, it's, oh, it's got to be over. Yeah, that's when you, you look on uh, some websites and, and they'll indicate, uh, percentage chance to win and it's 99.99 and i'm sure that's what it was for san diego or san diego the chargers right at 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 that point when they had the big lead it had to be it had to be but there's always that one tenth of a of a shot and uh that played out last night going down to the last play of the game a fourth down conversion i mean it was uh it's why we love football and why we really love as you said the nfl yeah it's it's unbelievable by the way for people out there that don't know bill is in cincinnati Mm -hmm. right now uh, not too far away from uh, the kickoff of what should be a fantastic game tonight really looking forward to that Uh, bill it's amazing to me how many people are looking at cincinnati right now and saying hey i think this team's going back to the super bowl back to back it's not easy to do that but Going to be a tough test against their longtime rival with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, no question. And Cincinnati has just been – you look look at their projection over the season. They've just been getting better and better, climbing up that mountain that we refer to so often. They seem to have their O-line uh, figured out, uh, but it's going to get tested tonight. Baltimore still has one of the preeminent defenses in the NFL. They just signed Roquan Smith to that big deal. So he's going to be fired up and um, it, it should be a really good game. I mean, uh, they're, they're rivals. They know each other. Uh, John Harbaugh knows the Bengals as well as any team in the league. And uh, as we have seen, it, it's unpredictable. I mean, you just don't know. Uh, yeah. The Ravens are not where they want to be at the quarterback position, but you know, look what uh, Brock Purdy did yesterday. Oh, I mean, holy moly! So anything can happen, and that's the beauty of it. But yeah, we're 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 anxious. We think we're going to have a great game tonight. You and I are on the exact same page because I wanted to get to Brock Purdy next because it's 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 you know I think San Francisco loves that everybody's talking about the other game. Just let yeah. us continue to fly under the radar. You know what this Bengals season reminds me of? As you were talking, it reminds me, and I'm sure you remember this, Bill. Um, the year after the Cowboys won their first Super Bowl under Jimmy Johnson, Emmett Smith was a holdout. Yep. They lost their two games and, and quite frankly, yep. they looked like garbage. I mean, yep. they looked like Emmett Smith came back and it was mm-hmm. like all of a sudden they just got right. Yeah. And I remember like watching a game vividly with my friends and we're going, Okay, nobody's gonna beat them this year. Like it, it's it's gonna happen again, yep. whether people like it or not. And Cincinnati kind of started that way. People Mm -hmm. forget, you know, they they lost two games to start this year and and didn't look real good doing it. And then all of a sudden they hit their stride. And you're right. It has just been an upward trajectory since then. Yeah. Go back to their opener against the Steelers. 
the Bengals had the game won with an extra point, as I yep. recall. They missed an extra point. And, and it was with no time left on the clock, I think. And so they would have won that game. And the Steelers beat them. And that was, you know, the Steelers had a, a terrible start to the season. So um, that was looked at as an aberration, but it still counts in the loss column. Um, and uh, But they've chipped away, chipped away, got some things done, got some things fixed. And when you got Joe Burrow, uh, you got a shot. I think that is so profoundly clear. You got a good running game with uh, Mixon. You got, you know, Chase is an incredible receiver, among others. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's going to be real interesting. And, and obviously, appropriately, a lot of attention on the Bills. Um, if if the Bengals win today tonight. And uh, Buffalo wins, and then I think Cincinnati has to go to Buffalo, mm. and they're not happy about that because if they had if the game a couple weeks ago where the tragic injury occurred, um, if Cincinnati had won that game, they would have home field for that. Yep. So they're gonna and a good coach and good veteran leadership can use that. You can use that to your advantage. It's not going to make it easier playing in Buffalo if that's where it ends up being. But uh, I, I think, you know, like I said, a good coach and, and Zach Taylor has been there now for for long enough to know how to use something like that. You know, Bill, what what's interesting, you brought up Brock Purdy and yeah. you are <laughs> as big of an NFL historian that I know. And mm -hmm. I've been waiting to say this to you and ask you. I can't think of any comparison. Like, there's nothing to me. Like, no. there have been guys like Doug Williams coming off the bench mm -hmm. and winning. Uh, Jeff Hostetler, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, not not that long ago, the situation in Philadelphia. Uh, and there's a long way to go before San Francisco gets to the right. Super Bowl, let alone wins the Super Bowl. But a kid taken with the last pick yeah. overall and and being a rookie as well. Yeah. Doing what he's done since he's come in and doing what he did yesterday against Seattle, Bill, honest to goodness, I don't have anything to compare that to. That is no. really something special right now. It really is. And it it's gotten to the point with me where I don't even think of him as a rookie anymore. I mean, how crazy is that? I just, okay, Brock Purdy's a quarterback and then move on. What's What else? Oh, Debo Samuels is coming back. I think that player i think debo is i i don't know a better player for his team in the league yeah that guy is you talk about what a unicorn that yeah. guy is incredible running the ball running routes he is remarkable and you saw what he could do on that long touchdown pass yesterday but you know there was a there was I, you're right what, what's the comparison you know i'll make one but it, it's not it's not close. I, I go back to the 76 season and the Steelers had lost their quarterbacks and Mike Kruzek. Do you remember that name? No, no. I, that Perfect. one might be a little before my time. He, he had to start like six or seven straight games. Okay. Now they won every game, but the X factor was, I'm not going to get this exactly right, Sean, but it's going to be close enough for jazz. In those six games, the Steelers gave up like two touchdowns. Jeez. Think about that. Think Jeez. about that in today's game where a defense could be that dominant. Um, many historians, when it comes to Pittsburgh sports and the Steelers, will tell you 
that may have been their best team ever. Okay, so they could put in a rookie quarterback, and all he did was not turn the ball over. <laughs> Let the defense dominate, get good phys- field position for the offense, and score when when you had the opportunity. And that's what he did. But that, that 76 team, they opened the uh, playoffs in Baltimore at, at the old Memorial Stadium. And one thing you may remember from that game that had nothing to do with the game was after the game, 45 minutes or so, a small prop plane crashed into the upper deck of the stadium, yes. into the seats. Yes. Um, thank God it wasn't two hours earlier. Um, but in that game, the Steelers dominated, but they lost both Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer in the game to injuries. So they go to Oakland the next week and get beat by the Raiders who went on to win the Super Bowl that year. But Mike Kruzek would be a comparable in some regards, but, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, the last player picked, um, not the second team quarterback, the third team quarterback. Um, And the kid has grown up before our eyes and, uh, I don't know anybody that doesn't believe the 49ers can go all the way with that kid. And especially, as I mentioned earlier, getting Debo back. Oh, I, I think that guy, I, I mean, he is remarkable. I, I can't, I mean, he is, he is in a, in a category that's almost hard to define. You can, you know, he can come out of the backfield, you know, run the routes, catch the, the deep ball, uh, he's just an amazing player. And so that, obviously, with their defense, with the 49ers defense, holy mackerel, they, yeah, they, they got to be a favorite, no doubt. Bill, I want to echo what you said about Debo because they, they showed um, an angle yesterday where if you would have told me that kid would have ended up on the in the end zone on, on that touchdown, yeah. I would have called you nuts. I, you yeah. know, it wasn't just his vision, but it, it was just that burst of speed where you're like, Okay, he doesn't yeah. have enough room to get around the corner. Yeah, he just got around the corner. It it yeah. really is fun to watch a yeah. player of that yeah. caliber. Yeah, he reminds me uh, somewhat of when Golden Tate had his great years with the Lions. Mm-hmm. He led the league in yards after catch yep. or yards after hit. I don't recall ever Debo going down with the first hit or the second hit. Maybe the third hit. Maybe the fourth. He he is physical. He's an attacking player. He doesn't wait to be hit. He delivers it to his advantage. And uh, and he's still running. I mean, he's still running away from people. He has incredible speed, as you described, on the angle that the Seahawks defenders had on him. But he, So I, I think his return is monumental for uh, the 49ers. Absolutely. I think the Jags are uh, a poster child, as are mm-hmm. our own Detroit Lions. Yeah. To no matter what disasters have happened before you, okay? Mm-hmm. If you have competent people in place yeah. that make competent picks, Bill, mm-hmm. I, I categorically, and you and I have talked about this in private and on the show, I categorically deny the thinking that the Lions have always stunk and always will stink. Mm-hmm. I, I do not believe that. No. It's about getting the right people in place. Yep. Certainly, this franchise looks to be in that mode right now. Right. There may not have been a bigger disaster in all of the NFL <laughs> just a year ago, Bill, yeah. than the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. It's amazing. 
I go back. I actually did the game between Jacksonville and Cincinnati. That was the infamous, the head coach didn't go back with the team game. Yep, yep. And that's really where it started, was exposed. Um, and, you know, I give Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, incredible kudos and credit. It wasn't working. He didn't prolong it. The biggest mistakes aren't the initial decision. It's staying with it when yep. you know it isn't going to work, when the the inevitable is going to happen. And to his credit, it cost them a lot of money, no doubt, to pay off Urban Meyer, but he did. And he hired a guy that was proven that had won a Super Bowl. And uh, with a similar, you know, cast of players. Um, and you're right. It's just they were as as far down the hill as you could probably get even further with the with the, the mental part of what they had to go through. And then to come back and and <laughs> and I don't want to remind Lion fans, but, you know, they want another playoff game, something that hasn't happened here since uh, January of 92. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's remarkable, remarkable, but good for them. Yeah. yeah good for well, and, and and you know what, Bill? I think that's a, a perfect segue to talk about. Uh, obviously, the Lions didn't get to where they mm -hmm. wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, it was my opinion last week. It is my opinion today. It, it wasn't so much about what they did or did not no. do this year. Yeah. Although, I'll tell you what, the way they were playing, I'd love to see them against pretty much anybody. Anybody, yeah. Uh, Bill, agree. you know what? The next few years, I, I'm as excited as as perhaps yeah. I've ever been about this football team. It, it's right. legitimate. There are pieces. They've changed that culture. Mm -hmm. It's very, very exciting. No doubt. And I, you know, we've talked about this many times. There should only be <clears throat> one team when all the games are over, when the Super Bowl's over. There should only be one team, one franchise one fan base that's genuinely happy but add the lions to that there's at least two teams there will be at least two teams and it reminds me uh of how we felt going back to wayne fonce's first year we ended with five straight wins you know and we barry sanders rookie of the year just dominated uh reminds me a little bit of uh after jim schwartz uh, third year when we lost the playoff game in New Orleans that was profoundly closer than the score indicated, sure. if not for a missed call on a fumble return that would have given us a touchdown and a double-digit lead at halftime. Uh, and then also, obviously, after 2014, Jim Caldwell's first year. But in some respects, um, it's it feels different. It feels different this time because you're you're – your players are younger. Your foundation is younger. And um, and you're going to get another, you know, great draft. <laughs> I mean, you got two first-round picks again. And, you know, uh, it's uh, – yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, it's going to be special around here. Well, I'm still mad at Tom Waddle for that touchdown catch uh, from Jim Harbaugh that yeah, opening day in 92. Right. I, I – my buddies and I all got to. I mean, after '91, we were so yeah. excited. And uh, yeah. were you I, at that game? Did no, you I wish. My uh, goodness gracious! No, I, no, it was in Chicago, right? If yes, I'm not it was. It was in Chicago. Robert yeah. Robert Porsche came this close 
to make in the play on Harbaugh. Oh. It's close. <laughs> um, his rookie, yeah, what a way that would have been to open his career. But, uh, oh, was that, yeah, it was devastating. No, yeah. I, I the reason I bring that up, Bill, honestly, I'm so excited about the Lions heading into that season, coming off the magical 91 season. But uh, I, I feel that way now. I, I, yeah. I, I was talking to my son and I said, all right, you know, you're, you're, you're younger and, and maybe not as jaded and everything. He was like, dad, me and all my friends are like yeah. fired up about the yeah. year. And that's pretty cool in yeah. and of itself. And you know what? All you have to do is go out in public, you know, go to your favorite, you know, restaurant, go to Costco, go to Sam's club, go to wherever. And look how many people are wearing Lions hats, yep, Lions shirts, Lions yep. jackets. And maybe this is <laughs> something I shouldn't be proud of. But Shawnee B, over the years, I used to, anytime I'd be out, I'd count. Okay, okay. how many? And, and it would be Lions and the other three teams in town. Yep. Okay, if you're out, you know, at a park or, you know, some event at a concert, a Tiger game even, I'd, I'd count how many Lions. There are a ton of people wearing lion's garb now and i think that just speaks to their you know their belief their support and and just what you said the the future is very bright no doubt about it well I, hey bill i know you got to scoot out and uh, you've yeah. got uh, to work tonight uh, uh good luck with your gig with the national football league certainly we'll all be watching i know we'll catch up to you uh next week but uh mm -hmm. I, again just i I love Super Wild Card Weekend. I love <laughs> yeah. how they've layered it all throughout the weekend yeah. going to, to Monday. It, Bill, you know better than anybody, anything the NFL touches seems to turn to gold. Yeah, it certainly has, Shawnee B. And, uh, and there's uh, more to come, no doubt. More to come. Good luck tonight uh, down you. in Cincinnati. More of the show coming up next. So glad you could join us. It's a Sunday night. It's Gridiron Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back in. It is Gridiron Wrap here on a Sunday night. Many thanks uh, to Bill Keenish for joining us. Hey, Blake, how cool is Bill? The guy literally has to uh, run across the street and, and go do his work for the NFL. But, you know, he called me on Friday, and I reached out to you soon thereafter, and he said, hey, listen, let me do a segment. I know there's going to be a heck of a lot to talk about. He wasn't wrong there, and uh, he was kind enough to join us for the first segment. I think that's pretty cool. He's he's the best. He's the nicest, just human. Like and how genuinely he loves football. It's it's the best. He's a football guy through and through. Yeah, he is no doubt about it. I'm looking forward to that one tonight. I you know I I know it doesn't mean as much obviously with the injury and uh, I, I I still think that Cincinnati's probably the be the team to beat in in the AFC with respect to Buffalo more on them in a second and certainly respect to the Kansas City Chiefs but uh Cincinnati Baltimore should be a darn good one tonight yeah I'm excited I I think we know from our past I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan I love watching his game I've loved him since he was at LSU and seeing how confident he is in his abilities and that team and how much they've turned it on in like the second half of the season they're incredible they're so much fun to watch yeah it is no doubt about it well you know another one of those games earlier we were talking in the first segment uh blake about the uh and i forgot to ask you i'll ask you in a sec did you turn it off last night i did not so no kidding i well I'm bringing a different perspective to the show today because I'm the gambler. 
So I had ah, I yes. had Jacksonville money line and I was just like I I can't turn it off. I got to see if this comeback is possible and luckily it did happen for me. So I was happy. No, I I no no joke. I turned on Edmonton and Vegas and then when I saw it creeping closer, I was like, "Oh, I better turn this on." You know, Jacksonville's got a history. Chargers have a history and that's exactly what happened. But earlier this afternoon, uh, Blake, as, as you were well aware, I'm sure you were watching, no doubt about it, both as a fan and a gambler. Uh, it looked like we were heading in that direction for a while because you had the Dolphins that were doing absolutely nothing and they fell down 17 to nothing. And, and you're just sitting back and going, okay, this is going to get bad. And for me, I had images of that Buffalo Bill, New England Patriot playoff game dancing in my head. Like this is going to get really bad, but you know what? Give the dolphins credit. Um, they, they forced the bills into some mistakes. They capitalized on said mistakes and that, ended up being a pretty darn good football game out. Now the clock management at the end of the game was deplorable by the dolphins, but ended up being a pretty darn good football game. If they had any competence at quarterback, they probably win that game, right? Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you got a 25 year old rookie who I believe was undrafted playing. If you had Tua or even Bridgewater, they probably win that game. Because Josh Allen was not at his best today. That's for sure. No. And and you know what it comes down to, Blake, is it's interesting because we talked so much in the last segment about uh, Purdy. And and for, for good reason. I mean, make no mistake about it. Brock Purdy, 332 yards, four touchdowns total. He was taken 262nd overall, Mr. Irrelevant. Skyler Thompson was taken 247th overall. You have two guys taken in the seventh round of this most recent draft starting playoff games. I mean, it, it's it's incredible. So if anything, to me, Blake, it, it reminds people the premium that is rightfully put on the quarterback position in the National Football League. I I agree 100%. And the funny part is, is those guys are probably still both younger than Stetson Bennett, right? I know that's the funny thing. I know. <laughs> but, no, I mean, the Brock Purdy situation, I think, is a lot of system, though, too. That coaching staff has such a good offensive system, and they put their quarterbacks in such good situations. Yep. So. Yep. Good call. Uh, of course, going on right now, uh, I'm sure you're watching it, but if by some strange chance you are not. Uh, the Giants have a 31 to 24 lead over the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Blake, I have no other way to say it than come out and say it. I was kind of thinking in my head on the fly a nice way that I could say this, but there is no way, nice way I can say this. The Vikings defense is just atrocious. It is just a bad, bad defense. Very fraudulent. That's that's for sure. I mean, for their record and having a negative point differential that points to that defense giving up a lot of points and a lot of yards. And I mean, Daniel Jones has 300 yards passing today. Yep. That that's in a playoff game. Yep. I, I don't think anyone expected that. Yeah. Uh, add 79 yards on the ground so far. Saquon, 
Uh, only eight carries, uh, but he has 54 yards, two touchdowns as well, five for 56. So uh, this giant team that looked like it was going to, you know, kind of blow that hot start that they had, much like the Jets did, uh, this giant team uh, taking care of business in Minnesota. But you use the F word, and I think it's very, very applicable here, Blake. Fraud. The yeah. Minnesota Vikings are 13 and four. Uh, and 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 I'm sorry, you are what your record indicates in the National Football League. But I'm going to make an exception here. I, I just I think they're a fraudulent team. I have all year. And I know you're a Kirk Cousins guy from back in his days at Michigan State and everything. But it he just he never seems to like pull teams over the top. And I know what his defense, limitations are. Everything. Yeah. Yep. I, I know what his limitations are. I mean, he was he was outstanding at Michigan State. Make no mistake about that. I mean, uh, obviously the co-Big uh, Ten championship in 2010 and then a division championship in 2011. But uh, this is a guy, if you watch uh, the National Football League in any way, shape, or form, I mean, he is what he is. How's that? That's about that's the best way to put it. Yes. Uh, more NFL chatter, Blake. I certainly want to get your thoughts on uh, that debacle that we saw Monday night as well. Uh, you like me, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you, if you had to pick one first, you pick college football first. Yeah, no doubt. Same here, no doubt about that. All right, we'll talk about that. Uh, the game's coming up as well, and what is going on in this Giants Vikings game? Don't go anywhere. It is Gridiron Wrap on a Sunday night here on 760 WJR. Welcome back in. It is Gridiron Wrap. Bill Keenis off with his NFL responsibilities. Uh, he is working the Cincinnati-Baltimore game tonight, so our buddy Blake sitting in with us tonight. Blake, I am I am being very serious when I say this, okay? And, and I have a feeling that you're going to agree with me, but there is no worse weight on the sports calendar and no factual longer wait for an American sports fan than the wait for the new college football season. Oh, it's... It is absolutely miserable. You are talking, using this year as an example, January 9th, January 9th to, I believe, week zero is August 26th this year. Oh. Like... <laughs> That's so Come far on, away. Man. Come on. Yeah. No, and the the one thing that college football, and I think they're trying to do a better job of it, but what the NFL does great is it's year-round. There's something going on in the NFL year-round. In college football, everything happens, like the early signing period is in between the uh, end of the regular season and bowl season. The transfer portal is going on at that same time. Everything's so condensed, so there's not even much to talk about during the offseason. It's so spread out, and there's just nothing. It is, uh, honestly, it is one of the most miserable uh, weights. And every year, every year, Blake, that last college game, I sit back at some point during the game and just say to myself, oh, it's coming. It's coming, and you know it's coming, and you try to take it all in, but there's nothing you can do. The game's over, and we have that long wait. I, I mean, Blake, honestly, think about it. It We're talking about seven and a half months. Well, I mean, 
again, let me January 9th, 2023, and we don't get an actual college football game until Saturday, August 26th in week zero. You know, by comparison with the National Football League, it ends in mid-February. And, and you know, at least you get the teaser of the exhibition games in the first week of August leading up to the season starts. Baseball uh, done in, well, now early November. And you get the spring training games in March. Same thing with hockey. Same thing with basketball. There is no longer wait than college football. And, and I think for it to end the way it did in, in a game that was, I, I mean, look, you know when two classy guys like Fowler and Herbstreet are, are cracking jokes about it, you could have legitimately turned it off in the second quarter. You really could have. And no, this wasn't Jacksonville in the Chargers. That was legitimate to anybody that watched that game. So did you did you watch the whole game? I did. I kept it on all night. Yep, I did. So did I. And it was, I mean, I enjoyed it because it's college football. Yep. But it it was brutal. I mean, it was the second half after TCU got that stop. I was like, okay, maybe they can like put up some points and at least make it exciting. It won't be close. I don't think no matter what happens, but it could be at least exciting to watch. We get some points, whatever. And then, yeah, the whole rest of the game, it was it was pretty much nothing. Well, I mean, props to props to Georgia. There's there's no doubt about that. They left uh, uh, no doubt in in my mind, really, from week one. Uh, I mean, what they did to Oregon, as you recall, I mean, they they were the best team in college football, and and that's the way it goes. And you know, Blake, I don't know if you and I have ever had this conversation for many years now. I I have. Uh, banged this drum. I, like, I, I think we have been very delusional in our neck of the woods of where the Big Ten standing is. Mm-hmm. And th- the SEC is a breed apart. And the second, the second that we all acknowledge it, the better our lives will be. I don't like saying it. I, it, it pains me to say it. But look, the proof is in the pudding. When, when you're going out and seeing teams dominate the way a lot of these teams do, and win so many of these national championships, how on earth can we argue it anymore? I agree. I So I grew up on CBS at 3.30. I would always watch Uncle Vern and loved Gary. It. Loved it. I, that's, like, that's when my college football love really grew, was like those mid-2000s SEC on CBS. So I've always thought that. Like, I... Deep back in my, you know, deep down in my heart, I knew if Michigan were to beat TCU, I didn't think that there was any way they were beating Georgia. And to be honest, it was kind of nice that I didn't have to, like, spend a whole week getting my heart up to just have it ripped <laughs> out by Georgia. So that was that was the only positive. But, yeah, no, I agree. The SEC's king, and it's everyone else. The Big Ten is is second, but I don't think it's close. I think so too. I not that long ago I would have uh I would have put the ACC up there. Uh in, in particular because of what Clemson in particular was doing. Uh but I I think probably the last couple of years I I think it's safe to say that you know there there was that span remember when um you know from 13 to 15 both Ohio State and Michigan State had really really good teams. And I think the last three years as well, with now kind of Michigan and Ohio State, 
I, I think you can legitimately make the claim that they're the number two conference in the nation. And I, I, I you know, listen, before I would get an argument with people over that. But right mm-hmm. now, I, I think that's very safe to say. I think it's number two in the nation. Yeah, and you got Penn State and Wisconsin, too, who's always seems to be like 10, 11 wins. So you have really good programs. It's just the SEC has those elite tier teams that just play on a different level. Yep. No doubt about it. All right. Listen, final segment of the show coming up. He is Blake. I'm Sean. Glad you could join us on a Sunday night here. It's Gridiron Wrap on 760 WJR. All right. Listen, Blake. You and I were not watching the game at a different clip than anybody else, okay? And let me say for the record, okay, as a Spartan, as a Spartan fan, I will always be a fan of Kirk Cousins. Not only for what he did at Michigan State, but he is a quality human being. Like, I I genuinely like Kirk Cousins, okay? But if you weren't watching at home, the Minnesota Vikings, with their 13-4 and four season on the line, had a fourth and eight, and Kirk Cousins completed a three-yard pass to TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, not a nice guy. Not his, uh, not his best moment. No. And it is final. The New York Giants knock off the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 31-24. Wow. Wow. I I that was my pick, by the way, just so you know. Was I, it really? Yes. I have not picked a game wrong money line so far. The only yeah. one I've lost against the spread was the Bills. That a boy. So we're hanging in there. There's a TJ Hawkinson has seen this before joke somewhere in there. Somewhere <laughs> in there there is there is a joke, but but how about the Giants? Nine, seven, and one Giants that salvaged their season and were just happy to get in the playoffs. And they go into Minnesota and knock off the 13 and four Vikings. And like you, I, I don't know if Saquon's carries went up since you said it last, but he only had eight carries. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Daniel Jones has 300 yards. Saquon has eight carries for 50 yards and they win the game and they score over 30 points. (laughs) Nine for 53. He had one carry since we talked about that, what, about a half hour ago. Yeah. Nine nine for 53. He had the two touchdowns on the ground, five receptions for 56 yards. Wow. Now, I don't know about you. Um, You have the best wide receiver in the game, and Justin Jefferson is, okay? Mm -hmm. You, You don't want to debate me there, do you? No, not at all. Okay, Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the game. Uh, you only targeted him nine times. Yeah, uh, it's. I'm I mean, sorry, they, the Giants there. they showed what they were doing, bracketing him on the in the game, and they were doing a great job. Don't get me wrong, but Justin Jefferson's one of those guys that you throw the ball to him if he's double covered. Absolutely, doesn't matter. He's. He's one of, if not the best receivers in the NFL. We saw it in that Bills game, that catch he made. doesn't matter. If he's covered, you throw it to him, especially on a fourth and 10 when the game is on the line. Wow. 
Giants win 31-24, to of course, uh, tonight. Uh, the game that uh, our buddy Bill Keenest is at right now at Paycor Stadium. Uh, kicking off about 8-15, uh, the Ravens and the Bengals. And then, of course, tomorrow night on this super wild card weekend, uh, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Now, I don't know about you guys, uh, that first game of the year, uh, seems like a million, million years ago. That uh, Sunday night game, I, I, I don't know if you guys remember it, Dallas and Tampa got together and Dallas just looked awful. It was just a bad football game to watch. Uh, Tampa ended up winning that game on September 11th, and that opened up the uh, the Sunday night schedule. Um, that seems like a million years ago, but but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you, you know as well as I do, you don't know what to expect uh, from the Dallas Cowboys come playoff time. That's just been the way it is for a long, long time. And you don't know what to expect from the Tampa Buccaneers as well. You know, I think a lot of people are playing the, ooh, Brady game and all that. But guys, I, I don't know about, there just isn't a lot there with this team right now. And, and But it's crazy. You look at the stats, Tom Brady had his second highest yardage output in his career, only behind last year. Isn't that crazy? It, it, I mean, I, I'm i taking Tampa in that game. It's just I don't have any football reasons. I just I have a feeling. Reputation reasons? And Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys in his career. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happened. You know, we were talking about something during the break, and, and I, I don't – I don't want to take a shot at a legend, okay? But if you peruse social media at all, especially on Twitter last night, you saw that people were just taking shots left and right at the legendary, and I don't use that word lightly, the legendary Al Michaels. Now, Blake, I know you and I had this conversation. Our buddy Eric Dorch is in the studio. Um, as that game started to get exciting and you kind of sat back, like we were talking about earlier, Blake, and you thought to yourself, okay, wow, this is legit. Like Jacksonville is back in this game. You know, they've had a couple wild, crazy comebacks already this year. Is this another one? Are the chargers going charger? You know, that that's been an old bit for the longest time. And I think as you were watching the game, you kind of expected the broadcaster to share that same sentiment and have a little excitement in the voice. And I, I, I'm not being funny here. I don't know if it's because Al 78, I don't know if Al maybe didn't realize, you know, in the moment what was going on. Um, Al acted as if he was calling a random Thursday night game in mid September during the midst of one of the most memorable NFL playoff games in years. Yeah, he was a little sleepy, I think. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't his best performance. That's that's for sure. It was it was crazy to watch. It was just – and like we talked about before, I Dungy's not a great color guy, so he's not adding anything to the broadcast. So it's a guy that seems like he's a little sleepy and a guy that's not great at color, and you had one of the best finishes – of the NFL season and it did not live up to it by broadcasting standards. It was so strange because I don't, I don't know if you saw the clip that kind of made the rounds today on social media. I saw it a few times on Twitter. It was Al's call of the winning field goal. Now 
in fairness, let me say there was a, a penalty on the play. There was a flag. We didn't know what it was. We kind of figured out very quickly what it was, that it was offsides on the Chargers, so the kick stood. And and all Al said, and I'm not exaggerating this, Blake and Eric, you guys call me out if 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 I'm exaggerating this. Al just goes, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's it? Like, they, I mean, seriously, dude, we just saw history. And, and like, it, it wasn't even unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And you're talking about a guy that has one of the most legendary calls in all of sports. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Dorch? Uh, about Al Michaels and Tony Dungy, I, I, I kind of agree with Blake. I was sitting there kind of nodding as he was saying it. Like, uh, Al Michaels is great at what he does. He really is. He he, he kind of had a little off night last night. And Tony Dungy is probably the most calm, monotone person I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the man won a Super Bowl and barely cracked a smile. So I don't know that he's the best hype man to have next to Al Michaels in that situation. But yeah, in in that kind of in that kind of moment, there's got to be a little more uh, excitement. I know you're not supposed to show one way or the other, but there's got to be a little more of excitement there. Uh, yeah. I, let me. I'm going to echo what both of you guys said. There's another guy, Tony Dungy, absolute gentleman, class act, make no mistake about that. But one of the things that I think you you have to figure out, especially in our business, is you have to figure out what you're good at and what you're not good at. I think Tony is outstanding in a studio, tremendous analyst during a broadcast. No, sir. That's what I was going to say. He's he's one of those guys where the pregame show, like we're seeing right now on the TV, he's phenomenal in that because he can break down anything and everything for you. But, yeah, in in the booth, it's not necessarily his strong suit. All right, I'm going to ask you both in the remaining 30 seconds, uh, who you like tonight and tomorrow? Dort, you go first. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals and the Buccaneers. All right. Blake? Same. Bengals and Bucks. You know what? I'm going to take the Cowboys, and I'm going to hate myself for it. How's that? You you dig your own grave there. Did you, I, did dig, you lose I, a bet to I Jason got my Pistler? shovel. I'm I'm Rod Marinelli. I've got my pick and my shovel. My axe is sharp. All right, listen, guys. Thank you as always. We'll talk to you again next week. It is Gridiron Rep on 760 WJR.